Good step. We should record this because if yeah, we talk about probably. it and get nothing out of it, I would hate you even more. <laughs> trash watch podcast it's week number four out of five for our yes all holidays and i i apologize from the depths of my soul for what i did this week i brought us biodome starring Polly shore and stephen baldwin and i will i will make up for my sins i promise i'm chris fuck you <laughs> i earned earn it agreed i'm brian uh, I'm Brandon, and starring, I feel like that's not an appropriate use of that word. In uh, every scene, yes, but starring feels like an inappropriate use of that term. The, the fact, yeah, and you bring up a great point. I'm oh, sorry, you should ha- probably introduce yourself, too. Oh, you? yeah, I'm Brandon, haunted by, haunted by Polly Shore. I, I will Brandon. say, that is, a, that is a remarkably good point, like, right off the top, is this is ostensibly, like, just a a, a sci fi ish movie, but it's literally these two people who are the embodiment of chaos theory ruining everything that they're put in front of. Like, but they don't really add anything to anything ever. I, I mm. the problem is okay. I honestly think I think as a premise, it's a great premise. I think oh, you yeah. could do a lot with the idea of like two regular average schmoes, uh, like two idiots get trapped in a biodome and there's like elaborate scientific experiment biodome and mm-hmm. you know cause havoc and later eventually like learn to like understand the environment and grow as people the problem is you need literally anybody other than Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin to do that by the way Stephen Baldwin in this movie sounds like what I assume uh Joe Rogan's neck sweat would sound like if it had a voice I think that's just what Joe Rogan sounds like. Oh, well, okay. Joe yeah. Rogan is his his is his neck sweat. Yeah. yeah, and you're right though, Brian. Like this is a movie that is surrounded and and technically driven by by two idiots to the umph degree to the point where it's like you you need one of them to have a moralistic code or a moral and neither of them do like at the end it's just like oh you just got a, a, a you got a parrot for Polly shore named stephen baldwin that's yeah, all like, you I, got i noted at one point that it's that this movie is basically it's like what it, it asks like what if we made dumb and dumber but without the charm of jim carrey or jeff daniels like without like that charm or talent like and that film is also about how like hey these people are unbelievably stupid this movie seems to treat like, oh no, these are like normal, like everyday cool slackers that everyone would love and enjoy. And I'm like, no. Except Holly no. Shore is like a master level manipulator too. Like this guy's a sociopath. Yeah, we 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 will get to the well. Yeah, there's just a lot. I'm like, I, I even like 20 minutes into the movie yesterday, I looked at Merritt and I and I and I was like, is Polly Shore a good person or not i i i i I don't know i i don't know i still don't know i have within the context of the movie certainly not i mean he gaslit america into thinking that he should be something to be watched for a decade 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although his his mom owned the comedy store in L.A., uh, which is which explains the, everything. Yeah, I was going to say this. Is, the, these two things are not are not uh, coincidental. Yeah. There is a really great documentary about that um, that you should check out. I think it's on HBO. But anyway, let's let's dive into it. This is from 1996. It's uh, it's uh, oh, oh oh is this the is this the 1990s? Is this movie oh. from the 1990s? I, I could not tell from the not giveaway. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, per my my half page of all caps notes. Immediately, Terry Gilliam asked paper stop motion. Yeah, mm-hmm. baby crying question mark exclamation. This is two nineties. We can't contain it. It's escaping confinement. The nineties too much. What is happening? Is this a schizophrenia machine from House on Haunted Hill? I'm going insane. Patty Hearst. Is this technically a music video? The fuck is happening? Ah, and finally, I am going to fight Jason Bloom and win. I can't wait till we get to Patty Hearst to talk about the Patty Hearst scene. Because, like, the fact that they got her to do that on camera is bananas to me, okay? Bananas that they were able to make that happen. That they were able to get Patty Hearst to show up. Well, that too, yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, this this is a vehicle that's led by Polly Shore, Stephen Baldwin, William Atherton, yes, Dickless himself, uh, Kevin West, Denise Douse, um, Tyler Negron's in this movie, uh, Teresa Hill, and then... The beautiful uh, Joey Lauren Adams. Monique. Momo. Fucking Momo's wonderful in this movie. Although the relationships in this movie make me hate the 90s. Like, was this was this how this was? Was was it just like no, this this is what like a marketing department thought the youth of the 90s were like. Uh, I also I love Brian, Brian, but you got to work smarter, not harder, because you took all this notes for the credits. I simply put Jesus Christ, these credits. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, call, and called it a day. I was like, that about sums it up. Moving on. Yeah, I almost texted you guys when he started saying that. I'm like, just skip ahead because literally at two minutes, the movie starts. So you can just like miss all of it. No, I need, I need to let nice. your sins play out in full. So I knew how, how yeah. much of a toll to extract from you. Touche, touche. And then to like make matters worse, this is an environmental movie technically. And it starts out with like being warned back in 1996 that the earth is going to explode and be on fire constantly and look it's going to explode I and down, on fire constantly down, thank god we don't fuck the earth anymore Woo. <laughs> really dodged a bullet even like the guy who wrote like just the epilogue to this movie was sitting there going like ah uh, you know we vastly underestimated how bad it was going to be <laughs> like shit. We should have thought we're, we're America. We do everything twice as big and white loud, you know? And this is also yeah. this, this opening is very much like it, it, it's, I can't remember if they, it was on like talking Simpsons or who it was that like sort of talked about one of those things that like writers growing up, like emulating the Simpsons, like now how you get the, you get these weird artifacts that are like, that like specifically this like 1950s or 60s style like newsreel that opens this movie yeah like from what i can tell it's not for anybody like if you're gonna do this kind of thing like normally you'd have like you'd cut to somebody watching it or something Mm -hmm. it's like but like as like a a device it's so so weird to have this sort of like stylistic presentation of the i mean for this exposition like yeah. in a in a context that like for a generation that ne- wouldn't necessarily have the same connection to it well and what's interesting to me too is like although um you know most of this is is shot on location but like the exterior shots of the actual biodome that we see at the beginning here and like at the uh the conference and everything 
it's actually a building that still exists and you mm-hmm. can still see it today. It exists in Florida, of all places, in Epcot. That's an Epcot building, everyone. That's a building that is no longer used. It was for a while. It was where they housed um, Body Wars, the motion simulator ride. And then after that, it was a restaurant and then like a conference area. And now it's just like bathrooms and it's just an empty space. But how yeah, I thought I thought the IMDb said it was something else. Yeah, it says what? it's the Donald C. Tillman water reclamation plant in California. Fuck. Well, what am I thinking? There's another movie that has another thing that is that because I know it was used for that. Oh, no. Oh, so damn. many Polly Shore movies. So many Polly Shore movies. <laughs> Not enough time. But anyway, let's I mean, let's jump into it. So these two idiots are in their house. And the very first interaction we have with them is that like Polly Shore running down the hallway with an encyclopedia and smashing Stephen Baldwin in the face with it. And I've my first thought is, OK. All right. It's about the experience of watching this film, to be honest. It like sets up expectations perfectly. Yeah, I'm like, let's yeah, right, It, let's it is just Mary, this you know? happening to us for 90 minutes. Yeah. Plus ads, because we watched this on I watched it on Pluto TV, but which made it God, interminable. I watched it on Roku TV. I thought it made it better. I watched it on Roku TV and it said had ads, but none of the ads ever played for me. So I don't know if an ad blocker worked or what happened, but I, I also watched it on Pluto, Brian, but I was very happy for the breaks because it, like, it meant I got a minute and a half to three minutes to do whatever else that didn't have to involve this movie. Because, all right, I, pure confessional time. I watched this like six months ago, and I was in a really great state of euphoria while watching it. I was like, oh, we have to talk about this movie. I watched it last night and I went... I, I don't I don't I don't know why we have to talk about this. Movie. I mean, here's the thing: if this is one of those classic examples of it's a movie that has to be talked about. We have to yes. we we have to remember that this happened. That this was an artifact of it really is the a 1990s, time and it and it's a damn it's not a pleasant experience. No, no, but it's one well, we have to talk about. I am ever the purveyor of love and I and I am grateful whenever I see anybody in love but I don't understand how these two monkeys ever got these two beautiful women to join them in a in a wonderful relationship and based on what it. we like know about them they yeah. have apparently been dating probably close to a decade yeah. given yeah. that they they reference hands across america yeah and these and they keep trying to like weasel <laughs> wheeze. Yeah. yeah they keep trying to weasel out of all these like earth expectations and i i here's the thing i'm a child of the 90s but like when this movie came out i was 10 so i I don't really remember like the dating scene of the 90s per se but i don't remember like earth day or like uh i obviously like captain planet was big but i don't remember being like hey if you want to date me we got to go to the save the rainforest dance and then save the rainforest together no i think it's just so specific women are into that so yeah, yeah, and to, and you know, it's, it's like community. It's Jeff going after Brit on community. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a bagels. kind of a trope of yeah. like the oh the the super hippy dippy nineties girl who's super into the environment and shit. And there's all and then there's always a little bit of the movie going like, huh, these environmentalists. Yeah. Also, like I, I don't I'm not convinced that these these two guys actually have dialogue per se. I think like everybody else in the cast has like just exactly what they need to say. And it's like, Polly, just say what you want to say. And Steven just echo whatever happens out of Polly's face, because like, it's just 
it, it's nonsense. Everything that comes out of their mouth is nonsensical. Like it's just joke after joke or silliness after silliness, but there's no, there's no dri- driving forward. There's no change in humanity. There's no nothing, but there's a lot of sucking on a dude's toes and biting off his own toenails. I, ugh. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the extra bleak thing of this is watch this film where these two characters have girlfriends and own a house. Yeah. And it's like, the fuck is happening to the world? <laughs> there were cartoon bird sound effects when he gets hit on the head with mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Just straight Ramahi up cartoon Mahi. birds. Yeah. I then, like, yeah. I am dead. Honestly, the, if the movie had like committed and given him like cartoon birds and like they adopted that yeah. tone, much better movie. It's just, much, yeah, much taller, it reeks of active fact. Like, it. is this wacky enough? We add, add more sound effects. We need to let the audience know it's wacky. Yeah. I mean, but still, okay. He does yoga. Apparently, he can lick his back. But what does that, that mean? That's. I feel like. I feel like. I'm, I mean, come on. You're selling Joey Adams. You're selling yourself short. You could do better. Yeah. Well, also, like he can lick his own back. That that does nothing extra for you. Not really. Like, like that's not that's not a sexy angle. The only way you could do. I think it. it's indicative of other things. If you can lick your back, you can you can manipulate yourself in other ways. I don't know. I guess, but you I, know, I, lick I, your I, back, you can money, dodge like, a ball. Yeah, I was, I was so desperate for anything exciting in this movie. I wrote down, "She said weasel." <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, here's a question for y'all because this is this is posed at the beginning of this movie too. What are our responsibilities on Earth Day? Like, do, find yeah, we, we and murder Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin. Uh-huh. I'm gonna just start a general strike and take down the corporations that are killing us all. Also, that. Uh-huh. That's I don't know. That sounds like I think like really anything short of that is kind of pointless. Like, I mean, I already recycle. So like uh, short of that, rising up against the powers. <laughs> also, um, yeah, like when it, it's so weird to see a movie now, too, where they go to this place to clean up this field after they figure out the boys lied to them and they call from a payphone at the place that they're at. And it's like, hey, come you know, we're going to be, um, what is it? They're, they're going to like some state college swim keg fest. Yeah. We're at Vasquez Lake having a kegger. We met some college swimmers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just, again, it's just so odd to see. I'm like, yeah, I, I, you're just like, yeah, I guess there were pay phones everywhere. And that's just what you did. Like you just called somebody and hoped they were home. Like these two guys are always home. They're never yeah, I was going to say that you're not hoping anything with these two, yeah. except that they're dead. But also, like, the you're girls hoping are, they won't pick up. Maybe this will be the time. Yeah, the, the girls are giggling like two seven-year-olds calling someone to ask if their refrigerator's running. They like can't get through a sentence. They keep putting their hand on the phone and like laughing to each other. I'm like, it's not. This is not some elaborate thing. I don't know why they're so chuckly about this whole thing. Right. But also, when they get interrupted, as we alluded to, Polly Shore is not. Not only is Polly Shore biting his own toenails. But he is offering his other foot to Stephen Baldwin. No, not also, offering, forcing. Who is also biting his toenails, which I, I simply put, thanks, I hate it. Thanks. I Actually, it. I was okay. I, not okay with the the toenail thing, but I'm like, all right, I can accept the toenail thing. Like, Because they're two gross dudes who are clearly best friends or maybe brothers. We don't really ever find out. Yeah, that's a big question I have later it's on. Like, are they brothers? On, yeah. And then, but like. It's the moment that Polly Shore is like, no, you got to get the corn, chew it off. I'm like, oh, 
And oh. then Stephen Poorly. Baldwin like actually like spits out the toenail. Like so we see gross. the toenail. Uh, why was and this th- movie made? That, that's what I need to know. Fantastic I, question. I like it's not even a matter of like I'm mad that it's bad because I am mad that it's bad, but I I need to know why this happened. Because studio heads didn't know what to do with MTV. They were like, oh. Holly Shore is a VJ. What, is this people- an MTV movie? I don't think it is, but Paulie Shore is like he was a VJ was his big break. And so like he had a show and I can imagine him working in like a 10 second clip chain music video saying some nonsense to, you know, on on basic cable. But yeah, I I did. I did did have to laugh. The thing is, like, as stupid as this movie is, there are moments where I genuinely did laugh because of the silliness, because I'm like, yeah, it's Looney Tunes in real life. But like the whole moment when they're talking about the breath strokers and like, because, you know, the, the girl said, oh, we're going to go with these swim team guys to the keg or whatever. The kegger one of like Polly Shore says something about breaststrokers. But if you watch Stephen Baldwin, when he says it, he doesn't get that. That's like a swimming stroke. He's like, they're touching our girl's tits. No. And that <laughs> like, said, like, yeah, that there there is one line that I did enjoy yeah. that it, it's the exchange when he's like, do you have any idea how many diseases there are in pools, especially after we swim in them? <laughs> oh it's so gross uh and the uh, even like the reveal where you're like oh maybe maybe Polly Shore's not that bad because he throws away the cup and he's like hey man this lake's already beat to shit maybe we shouldn't do it but he picks up the cup and is like free refills with proof of purchase buddy and then chucks the cup back into the water but also, also how does that work you get free refills if you bring in the bottom of the cup you no longer have huh. what are you refilling then hope i guess i like i don't know you're just waste it's waste it's waste on waste on waste that's what this movie is like a, 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 a better writer like could make that into something that would like be a commentary on just the extreme wastefulness and again like that's the sort of things where i'm like as like you could take the core concept and yeah. like you get a better writer in there yeah and actors well, the and <laughs> the concept makes it makes sense if it's like idiots who don't know about the environment and don't care. Yeah. But these people don't they don't behave like humans. So I can never like connect to that that plot. The blender makes sense because there's two people who I don't think are humans inside of the biodome. Yeah. And you need to put like two normal slubs in the biodome, not two insane monsters. Yeah. Also, like and then when, they kill a rabbit. Yeah. They, they blow they up a rabbit, a rabbit. with fireworks rabbit. with fucking fireworks, man. Uh, I, I, I've always been a little uncomfortable again, just because like we mentioned a little bit earlier, the, the fact that we don't really know if they're brothers, but it kind of feels like they might be brothers. There's that weird moment where they, they pass the biodome and they're like, Hey, look, it's a mall. It's called biodome. Does that mean it goes both ways? And they're like, no, but we do. And they go at, at each other. And I'm like, what, what does this mean? I, there's a lot there's just a lot of like level on level on level of like uncomfort in this movie and cringe and gross yeah because the flat the flashbacks are, are stuff like they're always together like there's only one mom in the picture yeah. but then every once in a while the, the, some of the references make it seem like maybe they're not related but then it's uh, it is it's, baffling and also and like here's the thing i wouldn't care for it either way no but it's also a giant question i have watching this yeah, we do get a we get our first of flashback of young Doyle and Bud in this moment too. With again, as as Brian mentioned, with with Patty Hearst here, and Patty Hearst is holding. Uh, I think it's I, I'm gonna get the two of them confused, but I think Doyle is 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 Baldwin. Um, but he's holding she's holding Doyle's head under the water, 
And I'm like, I don't know how you convinced Patty Hearst after her childhood to do a scene where she tortures a child underwater. Like, because you all know about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, how? How? Maybe, maybe she's just got like a really healthy comedic attitude about it now. She's like, yeah, I've gone to therapy. I've done the right shit and let's make fun of it now. It's okay. I don't know. I just thought that was like, wow, that's a fucking really weird satire or satirical take to take in this moment. Are you maybe confusing with someone else with drowning? No, uh, Patty Hearst was a, was kidnapped when she was a kid by the Saudis and was, was yeah. tortured. I don't think she was drowned, though. Well, I mean, we we well, I don't know exactly what the torture is, but I can assume because like it was torture of some sort. I mean, it's still like it's a weird thing to have her do that to a kid i don't know like maybe i'm overthinking it but i mean I'm, i think it's like, weird to cast patty hearst as the mom in your biodome movie well yeah, that's, that's weird awesome. cameo yeah. yeah yeah it's just fucking weird man so they they show as chris alluded to they show up at the biodome which is just about to start its big experiment where they're going to be locked in there for a year and this luck of the irish motherfucker strolls up to the microphone <laughs> Man, Henry Gibson, real fucking weird in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, oh yeah, in Ibsen too. Yeah, the little Nazi from Illinois himself. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, uh, the guy from uh, Na- I, I always associate him with Nashville, which is just the opposite end of the spectrum in Wait, terms hold of on, film. Hold on. Na- Nashville, the TV show, Brian? no, the movie, the movie oh, okay. Nashville, directed okay. by Robert like, Altman. It's the- an have you have you seen Nashville? Have you seen the movie? Guilty pleasure watching the TV show Nashville. <laughs> no, Nashville, Nashville, the movie is is amazing. It's a great I've never movie. Seen it. I've it's never... a like it's a genuinely like fantastic movie. I I love it. Um, but this is the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he his Gibson's career is all over the map, man. He's he's a bit like uh, you just kind of throw a project at him. He probably said yes for a while, you know, and it's. Why not? You know, you're an actor. Don't say no to things. You'll probably get a you'll at least get a story out of it. Um, yeah, and then we get Atherton. The story is how I never acted again. <laughs> because I did Biodome. Right. Which according to the trivia, like Alec Baldwin said that to Stephen Baldwin at one point that he's like, this could end your career. <laughs> like this kind of did. I mean, he wasn't bald. Yeah, as far as the Baldwins go, Stephen hasn't had like the most illustrious of the careers. No, well, but as I- Brandon and I were talking before, he uh the, the insane this, thing, yeah. He, this was his follow up to the Usual Suspects, and then he also did future episode, uh, Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas. Never yeah. seen a movie I saw in theaters. I have not seen any of the Flintstones. Fucking Gazoo is it? It's a prequel. Alan Cumming is the Great Gazoo. The, Alan Cummings is the Great Gazoo in it, and it's a prequel to the last one. So we're led to believe that the whole. So now, if we ever do, it, we have to watch both of them. So that way we can we yeah. do them in the chronological order, so yeah. we can watch. Fucking John Goodman and realized this guy talked to a little green alien one point in his life, <laughs> and now he's just here. And Mark Addy is Fred Flintstone in Viva Poor Rock Mark Vegas. Addy. Oh, oh man, from the full money to but, Viva Rock Vegas. And then Art, Jane Krakowski, Art I believe, is uh, Wilma. Uh, yes, Wilma. One of and them. then, oh no, she is. She's, uh, I think, Betty. And then, because okay, yeah. what's her name from Thirty Rock is Wilma. Now, I don't know about you guys. I, I feel like the the security guard at the biodome is taking his job a little bit too seriously in this moment when he's trying to block Stephen. Oh, and, and hold up, Chris, 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 Chris. Yeah, I I would like to counter. Okay, I don't think the security guard is taking his job seriously enough. 
Okay. Yeah, he should have killed them on sight. Yeah, yeah, like the complete lack of any sort of like protection or security for this operation, this hundred million dollar operation. Yeah, yeah. Like, like. Well, yeah, because even like the they, way they're like, they, like they when a firecracker goes off in a minute, they're like, oh, you know, somebody's shooting at us. There's something happening. Like, it's like if if you're worried that that kind of thing might happen. Don't put one like mall security cop at the at the ramp leading up to your the front doors. Also, like so, okay, yeah, and, and Brian, you're 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 kind of leading us into the to the rest of the scene. So let's just kind of blow through it really quickly because there's not a whole lot that happens here. So we find out that Doyle needs to take a piss. He can't pee with Polly Shore standing right next to him, and he can't pee outside of this building. But for some reason, he can pee inside the building on top of a waterfall. Oh, and I'm- Oh, go ahead. It's, it's not Polly Shore. It's the problem because as we see when he's peeing on the waterfall, Polly Shore oh, yeah, is standing two feet from him, staring directly at his dick. Yeah, yeah. And again, brothers, Ugh, just God. straight up staring straight at his dick. Which right I'm like, I'm like, good for you guys, I guess. But also, what is happening? Yeah. But Brian, you said it. Like they they light off a firework to kind of distract the security guard, get inside. But there's this moment where there's people in the stands outside and there's a lady there like standing up screaming at the top of her lungs like this is the biggest act of eco-terrorism that's ever happened. And like nowadays it's not as funny, but like in 1996, I remember genuinely being like, wow, that lady's crazy to be reacting like this. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's pretty standard now. Also, like like four people would show up for this thing, right? There would not have stands of people watching this. And they wouldn't have a weird table where it looks like they're judging the biodome. Uh, can we talk about these weird motherfuckers that are going into the biodome, though? As we talk yeah, about please. Walter Peck, the dickless wonders here. The, the um, biodome five. <laughs> but the rest of these fucking nerds are standing there with their arms behind their backs like they're goddamn astronauts. It's and they like step forward and give like a salute. It's these fucking nerds. Like, like again, if, like you could a better written movie, you could play that up. You could make a joke out of that. Like that yeah, is- the problem is you set them up and like, oh, it's gonna be a slob versus snobs thing. But the problem is I'm immediately in favor of the snobs. Please kill uh-huh. these slobs and never speak uh-huh. of them again. The number of times I wrote murder them in my Well, notes. there's a point in the movie where I'm like, oh, I guess the plan is just to murder these two. And I was like, Good. Thank yeah. God for hero Walter Peck. <laughs> yeah. But later on, he almost does. And you're like, good for him. You know, like and we find out here that the whole point of the biodome is like they want to create a complete 100 percent year long homeostasis. Like no air goes out. No air comes in. Let's see if we can live on another planet because we're fucking this one so fucking hard. Or maybe we can fix this one because we're fucking it so fucking hard. And Brian, you look up. No, 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 no. I was just going to like, I was going to like follow up and just like how, again, like the sorts of things of the the satire that you could be doing, you know, it's like they, like you said, that they, you know, it's the talk of being able to like create civilizations on other planets, which actually, if you were to make a movie like this today, you would really lean into that, like your, your Elon Musk style thing where people are like, oh, it's time to live on Mars. This planet's fucked. And it's, it's like you could make a satire and like a villain out of, you know, a billionaire whose plan is to leave the earth to die and go and live in hiding on his own. Like for for as not good for for as all over the place in quality, don't look up is that is yeah. one bit that they do correctly hit. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, there is also a moment too, like when Doyle's peeing in the uh, in the waterfall at the rainforest, by the way, that the homeostasis goes down by almost one point. And I'm like, what is in his piss? 
that has brought down this to like 99.1%. These two have not had a had have not had like a glass of water in 20 years. They exclusively drink bladder busters, according to the script. Which I don't know. Is that just the size of the cup or is that just a flavor? Or is it appears it- to be the size of the cup from a pizza place. Okay. Based okay. on later in the film. Um, but yeah, no, Brandon, like you were saying, like these these weirdos who are coming into this biodome, including the bug guy, and the way that he just he faints over seeing these two idiots being behind them, like uh I here's the thing. I think I could easily live in a biodome for a year. But I don't know if I could easily live in a biodome for a year with these people. I mean, I I don't know. This whole thing's dumb. This Again, like dumb if, I, if I were in a biodome, it's like I I could live in a biodome with Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin, provided that they were not living in the biodome. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And they try to they try to convince the the crowd like it'll be okay. What we're doing is this is a surprise. We're testing chaos theory. That's what we're doing. And you're like, mm, why yeah, don't you restart the, the, it's been 15 minutes. Just start like, yeah, just come out, start the thing. Yeah, you could reset that timer, like, right? And, the, and that's to me is the, the craziest, like, and like the sweatiest thing about this yeah. is because they have a scene where Henry Gibson sits down with William Atherton and he's like, you know, open the doors. He's like, we can't open the doors. Like, it'll compromise the data, the integrity of the data of the entire experiment. It's like, okay, so opening the door, let, so like, 20 minutes into this experiment, opening the doors and letting them out would compromise the scientific integrity of the experiment. But keeping the two worst people on the planet locked in here that is unprepared to accommodate them. Another character literally is like, we built this for five people, not seven. Yeah. And it's like, that's not a problem. And I'm like, you're right. You shouldn't have to. This is not protocol. (laughs) Yeah. But do you guys remember that song? Da, da, da. That was that was maybe the highlight of the movie for me. Just going like, oh yeah, that song. Da da da. Like, it's not good, but it's something I remembered. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I was happy about the safety dance in this movie. Safety. I mean, I like that it exists. I don't like the film or what's happening in the film. Yeah, but well, yeah. I'm like, ah, another thing. I'm like, oh yeah, safety dance exists. Huh. Yeah, and Brian. T- t- so to your point, they uh, like you said, they're not prepared for these guys, so they put them in a fucking like walk-in closet or like a, a janitor's closet, and don't lock the door until yeah, much well, later in the movie. Yeah, and these and these and these two lovely ladies are like, "Hey, you know what? We could live without our blankets or a blanket and a pillow, like little things to help." They're trying to be humans and like like good people, and then Polly Shore is the worst person. <laughs> He's the worst person. (laughs) I I would just like to say at this point, my note, like after they give them the pillow and blanket, is I just like I I I wrote down. I was like, Mimi and Petra are not safe in this biodome with two sexual predators. Oh, and then, and then gets worse. And then, Nary had I written that note, then the two of them crawl into Mimi and Petra's beds. While they're sleeping, mm-hmm. and start to grope them, if I can. I mean, it, obviously, the horror of that scene. I was just trying to pay attention to anything else, so I just have to note: the women both sleep with all their lights on. I mean, if if you're living in a facility with Stephen Baldwin and Polly Shore, you better. You're locking the doors. That thing you're putting a you're putting <laughs> yeah. a chair underneath the door handle. You're jam- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's- Before we abandon their first day in there, I just want a quick check. Can we talk about this fucking scarf? 
I feel like we shouldn't yeah. go without talking about this fucking scarf. Oh, is a William Atherton scarf? The, yeah, William Atherton has like a four foot wide scarf on for some reason. On I I don't know what it's meant to imply. It it looks terrible. It looks like and they're all wearing that khaki jumpsuit. And unlike like the Ghostbusters jumpsuit, like it's just a ha- it's just a jumpsuit. There's nothing like exciting to it at all. Like I almost feel like it's his version of like I'm the leader. I have the scarf. You yeah, know? that's it. It's definitely a power move. It's definitely you know like someone yeah. being oh I need to do a special one stands out. Please put something different on my costume so I stand out. Yeah. Um, there's they but the problem is there's no time to like. Do the do that sort of like character work because mm-hmm. uh Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin need to like walk in and fart. Like they, it's true. Like, yeah. Anytime whenever whenever uh uh Stephen Baldwin and pa- and Polly Shore aren't farting, all the other characters should be like, it smells too clean in here. I also called Atherton's hair a power mullet in my notes because it's so like fluffy and feathery, but also just long enough in the back that you're like, hmm. It is odd because William Afton is a rocket scientist who is ostensibly in charge of the Biodome 5, which yes. seems like the worst science to have in the Biodome. Like, it seems like the least useful science to have on hand. Well, and by the way, I'm glad you said that, too, because the other scientists, as we find out throughout the movie, are like like uh, two of them work in like produce and not, not produce, but like vegetation and animal life. And then the the one dude works in bugs and then Atherton's a rocket scientist, the scientist you absolutely don't need in the biodome currently. Like, yeah, it, 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 but also there's it's not like a, a, a concise mix of sciences where you're like, I think these people could survive this year. You know, yeah, if you, it wasn't you need the like, you need the yeah. team. You need the you need the my I'm this character and this is my function. I need like it's it needs, you some treat- of that with like the person that you like they're growing their crops and things like that. You know, they're checking on the wildlife and things. But yeah, but then he's just a fucking rocket scientist who's there to make bombs, I guess. My, mo- my I have a note later. Where it's like the professor has gone crazy and made bombs out of coconuts. <laughs> also, here's the thing. I get that the idea is to prove that people can live in an enclosed structure for a time for other planets. But like, what's the fucking challenge here? The challenge is to enter this building at 100 perfect, 100 percent perfect homeostasis and then just, you know, stay there. Yeah, that seems like a bad science experiment. It seems like you would want to like, I think like terraforming is the more important experiment to run for yeah. testing living on other planets. Not like, okay, well, if Earth, it's already perfect Earth, can we just can we live on a perfect Earth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. we can. I mean, we do. We we have <laughs> no opportunity to see what the actual experiment would be like because, again, uh, uh, the farts must be told. Well, like, yeah, and, and even the next day, Atherton is like, okay, I need to take these guys around and show them what's happening. And he says something along the lines of, like, from this point forward, you can't do anything you did at home. And then we get, like, this Family Guy-esque style cut <sighs> to what they have done before at home. And I, to this day, do not understand why they are shaving a dog. Because it's so wacky. It's one of my main notes. It's just the fuck was blank. And this was the fuck was dog shaving question mark. Well, and like Polly Shore's got peanut butter on his face or something while they're doing. I'm like, what is happening? And then they cut back and Atherton's like, ah, okay. They're just like looking off into space, thinking about shaving a dog. And then like, uh, like 
like he's a newborn dad or something. He's just like, you know what? You toddlers seem fine. You can stay right here and I can walk away. Nothing bad will happen yeah, if you, I don't have eyes on you. <laughs> like I, I wrote down later, I was like, how are you like you? How are you like not keeping these two on the tightest of leashes? Like That's at all times, I, like you, somebody has to always be looking at Polly Shore or Stephen Baldwin, because if you if you take your eyes off them for a nanosecond, they are going to f- like fuck a goat or something like they're the going to just like that I hold against this crew. I'm like, it's not your fault that they're there. But if you can't keep an eye on them, like, sorry, guys, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, if you want shit to happen, you have to take care of it. It's like babies. They're babies. They're toddlers. Yeah, they're they're tormenting the different scientists. They torment the the poor black woman uh, while she's checking her plants. When Polly Shore says three hundred and eighty five days, and she doesn't correct. That's him, what. Like, that's why I question. I was. I was like, because because she, she didn't correct, and that's like a perfect chance her her stomping like it's three sixty five as she storms off, but she doesn't say that, which makes me think. Did Polly Short just fuck up the line and they refused to do another take? <laughs> Maybe. Even better, she's just like, I don't, I, I'm not going to waste my energy on trying to explain to you that it's 20 days less than you think. <laughs> like, then. Oh, did we lose him? Did he freeze? Oh, that he's doing a really great bit. Man, it's a good bit. That's a good, good bit. bit. It's a good nope, bit. Nope, he's frozen. Yeah, yeah. If, okay. if that's a good bit, would have broke him out of that. I cannot wait to talk about Tyler Negron. <laughs> I love this man. I love Russ. He, oh, Russ, yeah. Oh, oh, up. Oh, Brandon. His power just went out. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Well, well, we'll just keep talking. It's just the two of us, Chris. Yeah, we'll just power through it. It's fine. Um, yeah. So Taylor Negron is in this movie, and he's incredible as Russ, but also like incredible is a loose definition because this man is disgusting. <laughs> like he's so gross in a he's movie so of disgusting people. Yeah, he's a glimmer of light for me, but at this because like it's a different kind of comedy. It's it's a more concise, more like not even like rigid, but more like, oh, this is actual humor, not just silly noises and farts. You know, yeah. this is guy who's thinking about the joke, building the character and then presenting it to us. And he does it really well. And even like um, Lauren, you know, uh, Momo having this interaction with him where we find out like he's a creepy boyfriend of her mom's and like he can't get off the couch because he bruised his bladder rollerblading, which I don't know how you, how you do that period. But I'm like, all right, you know, that's, that's terrible. And then like, he can't get off the couch because, because of that, but he also has to get off the couch because he doesn't have any more depends because he's been pissing himself on the couch all day. Like, what the hell is this movie? <laughs> so, first off, Taylor Negron's also in Viva Rock Vegas, so oh, this God. is really coming for us. Um, <laughs> but also, I'm looking at his Wikipedia because I was just trying to see what else he's done. Mm-hmm. And first off, R.I.P. But also, under personal life, is one sentence that says, Negron was gay. <laughs> that's okay. it. That's the entry. No, co- no, everyone no, know. Elaboration, yeah. no, no elaboration. No other. Yeah, just was. Just was. Um, oh, wait. So, Brian, you watched this on Pluto, too. So I have to ask. Um, yes, I got really five jillion rice aroni commercials. No, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, besides that, though, did you get the uh, the series of commercials that had the um, Lion's Den Christmas commercial? No. 
I don't oh, think so. Oh, God. I'm so upset. I was hoping you would get it because here's the thing. It's, it's, it's incredible. It might be the best commercial I've seen all holiday season. So it's a living room, right? And you see the Christmas tree and you see the fireplace. And then you hear like the, the sleigh lands on the, the roof. You're like, okay, it's all auditory, whatever. The bag falls from the top of the chimney and you hear it like whoosh all the way down. It's the bottom of the, the, the fireplace. And then everything's silent for a second. And the camera shows milk and cookies right next to the, the Christmas tree. Like you do, like Santa's about to have his little treat, you know, and almost like straight out of Jurassic Park. You don't hear it, but you see it first. The ripples in the milk start, right? And then they pan back the goddamn red bag in that fucking chimney. And it's buzzing. And then it pops up from <laughs> right there. And it says, happy holiday vibes from the lion's den. It's a dildo commercial, but it's so fucking subtle. It's incredible. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is a mastercraft of storytelling compared to what I had to spend n- two hours experiencing. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's not hard to be better than Polly Shore. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't, I didn't even look. Did he write this? I, no, I feel, no, 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 no. Oh, thank God. Um, um, but so, but th- there's this weird scene with Kylie Minogue where she's uh, cutting the produce and Polly Shore's talking to her. And then she starts fondling and deep throating this carrot. I do not. Who the man who the night before crawled into her bed while she was sleeping and stuck his hand in her vagina. There's no other way to read that moment than she is just like, yeah, guy who sexually assaulted me yesterday. I I am into you. It was Polly Shore saying, "Hey, we have Kylie Minogue. Can can you can you suck on a carrot and I can have it on camera for the rest of my life? Like that's all he wanted. It's this this whole thing is just a personal like Polly Shore jerk off movie." Boy, uh, yeah, this is gonna be a weird one, guys. First off, it's a front ass special, and then my power cuts out mid record, so we get this fun sudden drop in audio quality. Yay! Hooray! We um, love a professional podcast. I just got an update about my power outage. Uh. Thank you for your patience. Cool. Thanks for the estimate. Nice. I, I, I'm realizing now, too, because we're about to get to the point where, like, we're going to see that 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 callback that you were talking about earlier, Brian, about them smelling farts. And, like, if you take out all the flashbacks of this movie, it's it's maybe six and a half minutes long. This movie honestly would be pretty funny if it was just a short. If it was just a short about these two idiots just, like you know, ruining a year in a biodome and it was only 15 minutes long. Great. Yeah, like an episode of, like, The Simpsons or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this would be a good Simpsons episode. Like, Homer gets stuck in a biodome. The the Simpsons understands, at least, that you launch Pauly Shore into the sun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, just so things I missed. First, I wrote down, well, the fuck is she doing swimming? Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, the tall tall of the two women, the non-Kylie Minogue woman, she swims up out of the water suddenly and then catches a fish in the water she was just swimming in. And I'm like, wait, what, what, were you, what was you doing there? Well, I don't understand what was happening. Um, you know, that, that, that old-fashioned style of uh, swim fishing? <laughs> yeah, and then the real fucking question of Petra was charmed by him. Yep. The yep. most haunting of revelations. I'm like, no, honey, no. Oh, boy. Which, I, when we get to the end, towards the end of the film, 
the scene that I was like just waiting for it to like dissolve and reveal that it was a dream sequence. I, I was like, and I was like it how, never does. I was the same way. I was like, I was waiting for the smash cut. I was mm-hmm. waiting. For, well, yeah, actually, it would be a dissolve because this movie loves its stupid dissolves. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Why are they called stubby and squirrely? I I don't know. That's I don't want to know. Okay. Despite 40 flashbacks, that's not one of the flashbacks they do. They're interested in building these characters out. They just kind of like keep happening. All right, my, here's my theory. Uh, uh, which one is which? Which is... Uh, Doyle's stubby, Polly Shore is squirrely. Okay, so uh, uh, Doyle, Doyle's got a little stub dick and uh, a little micro dick. Uh, Bud is super bushy. Oh, we go over the horror of these men hitting on these women to a very important question that led to perhaps the brightest spot of the film for me when I wrote down, "Who's Russell?" <laughs> yeah, we we were talking about him a little bit uh, before the before, like while you were. Uh, Cause, because Ru- I, I, oh, Russell. Oh, oh Russell. Like, Russell's the bug guy, right? Russell, no, no, Russell, Russell is the, is Russell's the stepdad. The stepdad to, um, Jerry oh, yeah. Adams. We were talking about Taylor Negron. Yeah. 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 He's fucking great. He's so good. Show. Like, I, at first I was baffled. And then, like, every time he showed up, I was like, I enjoy this character more and more. This is the most successful thing in the film to me. Like, that moment when he looks at Momo is like, God, it's so frightening how much you want me even though like after they've just been talking about him pissing into pens and like mm-hmm. being gross and disgusting get your ass off the couch like oh how about yeah. he does get my favorite he does get my favorite moment in this movie as far as like humor goes when he pulls up with the pizzas later like yeah that's the best line in this whole movie i don't know why they don't let these guys just grow weed they brought weed seeds with them it would be great they they gave you a presentation they gave you a really nice step-by-step, like, look, hemp is good for our paper. And I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> like it's yeah. you, you, cause you, I, I, I fully agree. They should, let, Lunch, they baby. should, they should grow the weed is, I mean, uh, uh, Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin, they, they can grow the weed. They can be the ultimate contribution to growing this weed because those bodies would make great fertilizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, re- I'll regret to inform you, buddy. My next note is, do I hate Chris now? <laughs> no i didn't make it i just made us watch it <laughs> which i believe last week you said oh i know biodome you know a lot of like you as a child I also had a thought slight, I did. Like, a biodome too yeah you? but you watched this as an adult i don't care how high you were my friend you saw this as an adult <laughs> human and still thought i should make my friends watch this this seems like something that a friend would do honestly i think part of it it's because it's because of uh, the bug guy. Like it's his his interaction with these two guys. It's just th- there's never a positive moment with him until like the very end of the movie. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I say when I think it's, I think this is during the Wii presentation. I wrote down the fuck are these costumes? Oh, the jumpsuits? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did they get them? They just find everything, guys. That's. Here, here's the thing about stoners like this. That's just what they do. They're like, what do I need? Oh, I'll go find it. And they just find it. It just happens. Yeah. So we got our second scene with Russell. I'm like, oh, Russell's the best character. I get it now. He's the one who's going to be a life raft in this movie for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the second scene is. I think it's just more talking talking to Joey Adams. And it's just. Uh, yeah, it's because the, 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 the celebrity of the moment starts to take off for these two. So they start getting noticed in like the news, like, oh, these two guys broke into the Biodome and now they're part of Biodome. So Biodome is in the lexicon for everybody. And he's watching television and Momo's there. 
And he's like, hey, here's that idiot that I ran out of here last week. And she's like, oh, my God, it's my boyfriend, kind of, but not really. We cheat on each other, but we don't. But then we do, and it's fine. We'll talk about it. And then they show up to Biodome, and I'm like, how long have they been missing? And it's only been one day. It's also, a day. I just want to say, Chris, I know that that's her nickname in the movie, mm-hmm. but I think on behalf of our good lemur friend, we have to stop calling her Momo. I did not know that was her nickname in the movie. I thought it was from something else. I had no idea what Chris was saying. It. Oh. They say he called. They call her. Yeah, they call the two of them. The Mon- Monique keeps being called Momo, and Jen is called Porky for some reason. Because probably assholes being. It's assholes. all the. It's all the porking. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I wrote down. I hate them and this. I guess is my next note. <laughs> well, yeah, because like we cut back and forth, and we cut to the the girls and one of their friends who's like, "Hey, you know they're probably in there fucking those scientist ladies, so we should get out there and start porking ourselves." At oh the, yeah, that's the, the second Russell scene. Thing. Is that yeah. Russell showing them the paper? Oh yeah, because he's like, "Yeah, look at these hotties." And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't trust Polly Shore in there with those two women either. He's already tried it. Like, like we've already seen he's already tried to make things happen. Like, it, or <clears throat> make things happen yeah. does not accurately describe what he is trying to do in that scene. Do not describe the sexual assault that he committed. You're yes. absolutely um, <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. uh, Speaking of assault, though, we should really arrest, I think, the filmmakers for child abuse because they made a child do the Polly Shore voice. Yeah, they did. And that feels like a crime. <laughs> I didn't like seeing it. I didn't like having it happen to my <laughs> eyes or my ears. But it every did. time they do a flashback, though, I'm like, how are they still alive? How? Because it's always like, I think in that one, isn't it? They jump off the roof or he jumps off the roof with an umbrella. Yeah, it's, and I'm it's, like, it's, yeah. Steve, it's Doyle jumps off the roof. Oh, my God. And then they ruined the environment even worse by taking a, a, a hot jacuzzi bath in their rain generator and then pissing and farting in it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the worst. They're the worst. I hate them, and I wish they would die. Yeah, I think sums it up. Uh, but then we get some why. baffling. We get some baffling additions to the cast in the form of a cameo from Roger Clinton. Oh, is that the guy? Is that who that is? Yeah, who, like, Bill Clinton's brother. Like, hey, tell my, uh, I'll write a song about him. Yeah, who gets some signed shirt? And he says he's writing a song about Bun Doyle. And then poor Rose McGowan shows up. I was like, oh, this and Monkey Bone were so close together for. Her. <laughs> Oh, dude, Monkey Bone, that is coming for us, too. Well, yeah, because we yeah. have to do every single Brendan Fraser movie. It's true. Yeah, that's true. No, they just covered it, though, on Blank Check, and I was like, oh, I forget what a fucking trip, though. I had to re- I, I rewatched it in a while, but I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch it now that I just listened to them talk about it. It is a nutty movie. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it, somehow they bungee jump off the top of this building and don't break their necks. I'm like, please just kill them. Just kill them. It's fine. Yeah, and then, then because they've bothered everybody at this point, now they have to break into Bug Boy, and they walk in, and like the very first thing he says is, you're upsetting my bugs. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't even like bugs, but I don't want them to have to deal with these two morons either. Also, you, like, you, you gotta like put like a lock on this door. Yes. Like, it, yes. It, it, just even, even, if, even if this experiment had gone totally flawlessly and you didn't have idiots in here, like you still gotta put like some sort of like safeguard on this on on these rooms because also, shit happens well and then Stephen baldwin is like pulling sh- things off the shelves purposefully like he's just being a dick the whole time and then um because they're and they're playing because he's playing hide and seek mm-hmm. so he's hiding in the bug room and then Polly shore bursts in and they're like let's wreck shit and then they start smashing all of the the butterfly containers 
Yeah, that's how, that's in hide and seek, guys. You find the person, then you smash all the furniture in the room you're in. It also that's reveals like it also reveals what what Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin think is is important to this. Like th- they keep doing these things where like they do this moment, like like oh Mothra, Mothra. Like they have like inside jokes about the jokes happening already that don't connect for us at all. But they're using them like we should have that for our knowledge. Like. Oh, that's the Mothra joke from earlier. Remember? Because they made that thing from her. Oh, wait, no, they're just saying shit because mobs. And I don't know what this is supposed to mean. Or I mean, it, it would be nice if any scene felt like it connected to the one that preceded it. Or connected to anything. Like, yeah, it's just all over the map. I hate it. Yeah, because um, I mean, and that's and that's I mean, among the many, many problems of this movie is that this act two has no structure to it. Act two mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. is just like a scene and then a scene and then a scene and then a scene. And there's there's not a there's no build, there's no sense of transition. It is just like, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then it's like, uh oh, we uh oh, we better uh, end this movie. We better have an act three, and yeah. then they forget to write an act three. Well, until the last three minutes of the movie. And then during this, the girls go on a date and they meet some guys who are like earth conscious, but the guys are really not earth conscious. They're like, hey, look, those girls are probably into recycling. Let's go talk about recycling and then get our dicks touched. And then that's what they do. Yeah, These two sexual predators roll up and they're like, hey, we're sexual predators. And they're like, we're into those. It's like, as you can evidence by our previous boyfriends. They're like challenge accepted. What do you got? (laughs) And then we get another moment that like is it? It's it's a it's a gag that's like it's a fun enough gag, but like I I was already starting to get burnt out by this movie, which is among like the merchandising that they're doing for this. And again, which is this weird like attempt at a subplot that they don't really follow through on either. Of like the two of them becoming celebrities like this, but they have like a rock'em sock'em robots thing where the two like of them fighting, and then the camera like pulls back to show the real uh, Bud and Doyle, and they're fighting the exact same way. Yeah. Although the thing about the rock'em sock'em that gets me is they wanted them to be anatomically correct. I'm like, I know you can't get away with that in this movie, like making the dicks be the things that are fighting, but I'm just like, just don't show me the robot. Just just make me think that they're playing with the dick robots. Does that make sense? No. It's better for me to think (laughs) about that. It makes makes sense in that I understand what you're saying. It doesn't make sense in the sense that the universe is chaos. Yeah. And and then, like, everybody, of course, gets tired of these idiots. They're like, no. Because as I I would quote, as I put in the the card list for next year, a nonstop moronathon. Well, and then they they completely destroy one guy's entire, like, life's work by... uh, doing the the fly trap trick and literally killing all the bugs that they let loose in the entire place i'm like <laughs> yeah like that's that's why i wrote that's why i wrote down this is where romulus should murder them uh-huh i'm like what did he do to you he's just trying to play with his bugs in his shed for a year where no one can bother him that's all he wants but yeah, they finally they finally lock them in the closet and these two immediately turn into just like dogs that are just like they turn into cats that you've like that mm-hmm. you've like closed the door to the bathroom so that you so that you can piss in peace. They're just like, well, and the amount of I'm going to starve make- forever. Yeah. The amount of noise that they're making when they stop making noise, you should check on that. Like, <laughs> Because they're just so loud this entire time 
And then they sneak out of this closet by climbing through the fucking air vent. Yeah, per my note, oh no, they found the vent. And they found the vent because apparently Bud's snoot is really strong, even though earlier we found out Doyle's nose is the one that can discern where smells come from. Again, this movie the does we're... not uh, is not aware of any scenes that preceded oh, it. Oh. Although I did think it was funny when he's like, and he does rip that first fart and he's like, all right, what was it? And Because the whole point of the, the smelling farts is, what did I eat before this? And he's like, peanut butter and bacon. And Pauly Shore is literally dipping peanut butter and bacon right in front of him. I'm like, all right, that's kind of fucking funny. That's that's that. But that's, also, <laughs> what is this food? What what, what yeah. and why is this food? It's in it a- explain why there's like one tub of random junk food in the building. And it's in a radiation container. Like, it, 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 like that was like that was our like they, they ate all the food for all the holidays. Like that was for Halloween and Christmas, and like if they ate like a bunch of junk food, like that was our special food for holidays for the whole year. Yeah. It'd be the kind of it's the kind of moment like when that tub falls over and all the food comes out that you like a different movie might do the that oh you've been lying you've been cheat you've all been cheating at this biodome thing and you start to find out all the scientists have been like cheating in their own way and like compromising the experiment and there might mm-hmm. be conflict but also like the way they eat this food infuriates me because it's not rip open the bag of chips and just start shoving chips in your face which i get it's open the bag of chips over your head and dump it all over yourself and roll around making terrible crumbs you're not going to eat you're wasting it you're wasting because these are not these are not adult human beings these are animals yeah but yeah, so they they break out of there and they're eating all this junk food and Polly Shore notices a fucking can of nitrous oxide and then almost dies, I'm assuming, cuz yeah, they they both almost die and it's only because finally because they once again hear the noise outside and they're like, "We should let's go check on that." They literally huff themselves to death like at this point. Cuz if if only because then the movie would be a brisk 57 God. minutes. But yeah, they're sucking down laughing gas and like I will I will say Polly Shore giggling like an idiot on laughing gas might have might have almost made me piss myself laughing because it is really funny to see. I don't need a whole movie based around something else for me to see this. Just give me a clip of Polly Shore sucking on laughing gas and almost dying from laughter. I'm like, that's that's all I need. I I, I can laugh on that. I don't need more than that. You know, but and just give me just give me laughing gas and I'll, I'll laugh more than I did at this movie. Uh-huh. Maybe not almost dying. Maybe just straight up dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, the movie. then everybody's like, you know what? Fuck these guys. Absolutely. We 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 were we tried to lock them in a closet for the last year for the rest of the year. It's not going to work. So you know what? Let's put them in the fucking desert. And then Polly Shore has domeception in his head because he's like, all right, we'll do a dome within a dome. So come on, ladies who are important to science, come to the dome and dome a dome. And then. We get them starving in the desert <clears throat> and they start confessing to one another. And Doyle's confession to Bud is that he stepped on his turtle, killing it, accused the cat of eating it, accused Bud's cat of eating it, and then they put the cat to sleep. Yes, they did. He's a bad person. Yeah. But I will say the reveal of like, Doyle being, I don't know Doyle, but um, Bud later, or what? No, no, I guess it was Doyle, wasn't it? 
when Doyle talks the fire, about it. Yeah. The fire is pretty fucking good. That's a, that's a good bit. I'm like, that's yeah, one of the few, one of the few good jokes in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, so they, they put them in the desert. So they, they're going to spend 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. Oh, and then we get the story about Aunt Marie going, or Aunt Flo going crazy because, uh, Polly Shore's mom wanted him to be a flamenco dancer. So he got a costume. She got him a costume to convince him. He hid it in his aunt's closet. His aunt's husband saw it, lost his mind, divorced her, left her. She went crazy, but hey, she still has her independence. Like, I'm like, that's a fucking good bet. There is good stuff in this. I'm like, we with the right person behind it, a good this could be a really fun vehicle, but it's just wasteful this is a wasteful movie and then back at the scientists they're like the uh petra and mimi are like we can't just leave them there to which i said yes you fucking can you can like you can absolutely leave them there and then faulkner meanwhile is having like an eco-fascist moment where he's like soon the rains will come and wash away the these these are the ones who must be wiped out and the thing is the problem is Normally, when people are doing the, oh, you know, the idiocracy, oh, stupid people, you know, we have to stop the rise, the the ever-growing number of stupid people, and it, like, basically translates to, we must genocide poor people. The problem is, in this particular instance, specifically talking about these two people, he is 100% correct, only in yeah. this exact situation. Well, and I think the turnaround here, too, is is the fact that, like, although Atherton has been, like, kind of um his, his stuff has been kind of ruined by association for these people but like because because bud and doyle really have been attacking the, the the three women and then the bug guy we don't really see him really do a whole lot of bad damage to atherton not really so like, there's his, nothing of his to destroy exactly so this moment of him being like they've destroyed everything and now i am their god and i will destroy them and blah 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 the snap that comes from him doesn't really feel earned at yeah all. like there's, there's not again like there's not that transition of like oh this yeah. makes sense that he's starting to like lose it but then because act three has to happen. This, this, these fucking idiots, somebody in the biodome left a key in one of the fucking windows and nobody went to the desert because why the fuck would you like, and then these, these two find the key and realize, Oh, we can get out now. So they get out and now they're going to destroy everything. Now we established earlier that they spent one hundred million dollars on this biodome. Uh huh. First off, uh, I mean, just having like a little like key that you turn to lock the window seems to me uh, a bad idea. That's a bit. Wouldn't there be like some sort? Wouldn't a computer somewhere in this facility uh-huh. go off? Like, wouldn't there be something to be like, "Hey, a window opened. Your experiment is fucked." Yeah, you would. You would hope so. Like. If you put this amount of money, this amount of time into something like this in the hopes to, quote unquote, save humanity, you think it would be the one thing. It's the yeah, you, you would, you, Again, if you built like if you build this idea of like, oh, there's the cheats. Oh, the ways that they're like that, that the scientists, that the professionals of this experiment are being unscrupulous or unethical or what have you. Like, again, you could make this sort of thing work. Yeah. But again, I appreciate this is not a movie. Yeah. I do appreciate, though, that like. When they get out, the first thing they do is order pizza. I get that. Mm-hmm. 100% get that. And then they get pizza from Russell. <laughs> like, of all people to show up, fucking Russell. And, like, 
to me, the line about President Clinton mm-hmm. is too good for this movie. It's it's too well. It's a it is a well to me. It's a, it's a well crafted joke. I think, it's a bit overplayed, sure. But it's I think still, if they if they hadn't, it's the problem is he says fucking President Clinton. Like if he'd just been yeah. like fucking Clinton, yeah, like. Yeah, it's like saying president feel like feel feels insecure in the audience understanding the joke. Yeah, and it also does like really staple it to exactly 1996. You know, like I mean, it's it's it, to me, yeah, it's it's much less about the the stapling to that time. Like it's because when you because when you say president, it's like you're like, uh oh, people won't understand when he says fucking Clinton. Yes, his legacy will never go past that one word. No, <laughs> that, that line won't read differently uh, in a matter of two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that uh, Tenacious D's in this movie too. By the way, I don't. I love. I love Tenacious D. I the the only reason I would say I, I love them in this movie is that I I I love seeing them. But it's a, it's very much a not like this. No, I mean I'm not happy with like why like the 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 property that they are appearing in, but like it's nice to see how how long they've been doing this because like it's baby Jack Black, like way baby Jack Black, like still long hair and no facial hair and like ah oh, so sweet, such a sweet boy. It's like I'm looking, you see when Mister yeah this would have been like right after yeah Mister Show started, but yeah so uh, Button. Bud and Doyle find out that the girls are going to a big bash to save the environment yet again and also maybe get a little bit of a little D for themselves. And so the guys are like, well, you know what we'll do? We'll we'll just do what they're doing, but do it better because we're men and uh, biodome and stuff. And we'll just have the biggest party ever. And then they they destroy the biodome because they find the back the back door to the biodome. And what's I do like the reveal when we cut back and it's later in the evening and the Biodome five are like walking around and they see on the 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 lamp like, oh, there's moths on the lamp. We didn't bring those moths with us. Those aren't our moths. And then like almost like uh, it's going to be insulting to say it this way, but I can't think of another way to say it. Almost like a Spielbergian reveal. You start going through the bushes and then you just see this like parting of the forest and then it's just a sea of teenage 1990s angst sweat and disgustingness just dripping everywhere and ruining the desert of biodome yeah a fucking party snuck in apparently yeah (laughs) how do you sneak a whole party in (laughs) because if you because this place has zero security oh yeah despite it despite these two being celebrities yeah, hey, but at least they did program the computer to say all oh, hell is breaking loose. <laughs> and then, like the the then uh, uh, the two girls like show up and they see this and they're so upset. And then they turn and they're like, ah, the the guys that we trusted who were trying to save actually saying they were saving the saving the environment in the biodome or destroying the environment in the biodome. And they turn around and the guys that they were seeing at the other college are there just partying and destroying the biodome. And they're like, whoa, we thought you cared about the environment. And they're like, no, we just wanted to get laid. And you're stupid. Stupid. So ha, just forget about it. And then the party still continues. Like it's this whole reveal of like you should feel bad and this party shouldn't happen. You're destroying everything and all these bad things happen. Yet the whole night continues to rage because the next 
set of things that happen is the next day. We get a, and we get this weird close up because William Atherton uh, has somehow gotten handcuffed to a tree. Oh, yeah. And we do this weird close up zoom on William Atherton's face. And then we just dissolve into the next scene because this movie never met a dissolve. It didn't like mm-hmm. and, oh, it's the world's slowest dissolve too. It's such a fucking slow dissolve. Yeah. Cause they were like, we got to get this shit over 80 minutes. Yeah. And you're exactly right, Chris, that it's like the way that this is supposed to work is that like the party is, you know, police show up and like clear out the party like that, that you, you need to see, you need to like it to, to coincide with the, the emotional beat of the girlfriends, like just, completely blowing them off being like fuck you guys yeah is then you is then you have them like just standing there like the party the part oh the the vibe is gone let's all leave yeah everybody get out you know whatever but instead we do that scene happens the next morning after everybody is already cleared out and the girls are still there and they're helping clean up i'm like feel better about yourself like take more pride in who you what are were they do- what were they doing for the previous eight hours oh obviously still partying i mean listen listen <laughs> the, the cocaine probably flowed like the river jordan at that party so you just kind of stayed until you oh they oh they were all they were all huffing that laughing gas oh my god could you imagine there's Here's no the nitrous oxide left in that place this is, it was and you do like you, when you watch it it does kind of feel like those kind of parties that the late night news used to talk about in the 90s and our parents were always afraid like oh our children are gonna go to raves and die of ecstasy and i'm, I'm like i'm 10 i don't even know what that <laughs> word is like i just i just want to watch a silly cartoon and you're making me watch the nightly news like an adult anyway um yeah, so they kill the biodome. Uh, something snaps in Atherton, and then uh, a, the, the little Nazi from the Blues Brothers is not happy about all the things that are happening in his biodome. Uh, this is why I wrote down like how many fucking days have passed because it's insane. We find out basically it's the first month in the biodome is like ninety percent of the runtime of this film, and then they blow through the remaining eleven months in the biodome in the next ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's very confusing, but I, I I do a shout out. One of the few good lines uh, as the women are storming off uh, and Stephen Baldwin's girlfriend says, I don't even know you. He goes, you've seen me naked. And I said, that's big Chris energy. <laughs> that's true. It's like, I, what do you mean you don't know me? You've seen me naked. <laughs> His last name is even Johnson. Yeah, that's as much as you can possibly know someone. It's Yeah, it's true. You've seen all the holes. It's but then we you. find then we find out what the what the third act of this movie is. And it's going to be a montage of them fixing the biodome and making it habitable. Can we get back up to 100% homeostasis by the end of the experiment? We're going to certainly try. Um, fucking Russ gets out, too. Thank God he gets out. Oh, uh, that, that's that's, that's Russell getting one more reveal. good gag out of this scene. Yeah. Because he's going to because uh, uh, Doyle is going to swallow the key. And it's like, we're going to give you a countdown to five. And they're like, one, two, three, four. And then Russell like pops out and over. He's like, what? Oh, let, let me out. Let me make sure. Wait, wait, make sure I get out. Let me get out. The hard like, part just pops up out of nowhere to do this. And then he leaves. It's like, all right. All right. Th- bye. The hard part for me, though, is like they get to five and it seems like everybody in the biodome four, the the remaining four, because Atherton's off in the wilderness at this point, um, seems like they're like, swallow the key. Let's do this. We're in it. Let's do it. Let's we committed. Let's do it or whatever. They swallow it. He swallows it. And then the bug guy goes crazy and starts like trying to beat him up. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't give me like the uh, the the go to signal. Like all of you are standing there. None of you are trying to stop this. And then do it just felt like ugh, it was a waste. It was a waste. Like of a if moment. you played it more of like that, he's like, I, you know, you're they're not actually going to do that. They're not actually going to yeah, do that. Right. right like you, right. you have to have him like doing the like 
Yeah. Well, maybe but he's not he, serious, right? Yeah, but he's just standing there like, please do it. I, yeah, I am yeah. ready for this. You're like, no, you're not. Why did I write the JFK back into? Okay, oh, because because, yeah, because this is clown news story where they do a Zapruder film remake. Except I, as I wrote down, I said, "How do you fuck it up? How do you fuck up a Zapruder film spoof? Like yeah. it is the easiest fucking thing in the world to do a knockoff of the of the Zapruder film." But they just have like home video, like they just have like a, a like very crappy footage of like a car driving by and then this clown just gets shy and then you hear him say back into the left, back into the left. And it's like, you're, yeah. you're, no, you're not. The car is even driving the wrong fucking way. Like they were worried they're going to get content ID mimicking the Zapruder film. So they didn't make it look at all like it. Well, if anything, I was just like, dude, just make it Jack Ruby. Just do the Jack Ruby thing. Like the way that you set up the shot, I'm like, it makes more sense for you to walk up, shoot the clown, walk away. You know, it doesn't make as much sense to do. Hey, Buttercup. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> A. But it is. And that's, but like, uh, uh, holy crap. Yeah. Like that, that would be, that would be, that's a, almost, that's a, that's a be like a good running gag. It's just this like. Every time you go to the, you cut to the nightly news, the lead in story is, is like another update in the Buttercup saga. Yeah. So it'd be yeah. like the first time, yeah, you do, you do something innocuous. Then the second time is the J, is the Zapruder film. And then the third time is, is, you know, Buttercup is going to prison. Hey, Buttercup. Oh, Buttercup. Like, and that would be funny. That would be a yeah. gag. It would be but like somebody, a build. But it's like an, it's an, but it's like another clown that comes up to end it. So it's yeah, like, like the notice how we're building a, a, a hypothetically funnier movie. A three part joke that just made this movie 50% better. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, and it's the kind of thing you would just do. You, it would be, you would just do it. It's always the lead into the plot information of the news report. That's also, how you do it. That's it. Yeah. I've got to also, throw a pen. Thank God that this this computer system that they have set up, although it doesn't have any alarms to tell them when people are coming <laughs> in and out, has the ability to tell you step by step what you need to do to get back to homeostasis. Step one, filter the air. What? Yeah. yeah. Step what? one is, yeah, step one is revive the plants. You got to like, keep the no, plants alive. No shit, stupid. I knew that. Like, <laughs> God damn it! But, uh, but then, they, then in this montage, we start getting like, oh, they, you know, they they learn about like condensation and air filtration because of uh, you know beer. They called the beer can principle or something um, because of how beer cans. Here's the thing, man. Stoners say what you want about them. They they will find the science in a thing and find a way to make it work if they have to. Like, and the problem, and honestly, is like I feel like another. That's another thing. If you like planted those seeds metaphorically mm-hmm. earlier in the movie of like having these moments where, like, even in the like the stuff before they get into the biodome, like of having them like engineer a a stoner solution to a problem. Yeah, which then by it's the way- it's more belie- It's more tolerable than when they start like being able to like cut because then then it's it's that slobs versus snobs things where the scientists are thinking on one level and the stoners are like oh well we we're used to not having like the money to do science experiments so we've just always survived by our wits you know like humanity does yeah by the way i think it's so interesting that like there's a point you could make with this movie yeah, you do see a plant uh, of sorts here in a minute. Um, but as far as just seeing the plant, you never see them smoke weed in this movie. I I am shocked actually. Like 
to to set up like the the oh we we brought seeds with us and we can do this and like you've already given us the gateway for this like the fact that we don't get a night where everybody in the uh you know the remaining scientist and those two idiots like have a giggle fest like it actually kind of shocks me it shocks me that they didn't go to that level with well, this. Well, they would have they would have gotten an automatic X rating because the MPAA would have been like, now now okay, I can understand like having your character sexual get assault. High yeah, laughing gas, <laughs> sexual assault, but you know, smoking the ganja. Yeah. Oh that's the devil's lettuce. Have yes. you seen Reefer Madness? It'll be the thing that takes us all down. Rated N C seventeen for depiction of jazz cigarette. But I would love to see Bug Guy on weed. I think he'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, he would just be like sitting there with like like magnifying glasses over his eyes. He'd make like 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 a headpiece to become the bug himself, and he would just be running around like I am one of you, Chris. That sounds like a gag. Thank you. We will have none of those in this. None also, of those in this film. Yeah, and then and then from like this point forward, basically we're gonna we're gonna go through a quick montage of them trying to get back to homeostasis, while at the same time, uh, Gibson is trying to get them out of the biodome. Now they have now they have security. Yeah, yeah, and and their version of security is oh we'll just noise poison them out with the safety dance. <laughs> like oh all right sure it's a good song although. I, I guess we're supposed to assume that it's on a loop 24-7 and not stopping, right? I'm, I mean, I'd still dance still yeah. if I want to. <laughs> I mean, I they love, left their friends behind. Like, And again, they I don't want to gloss over the montage because there are some fun things there, but I love that the montage ends, like the music video ends, and the little person is dancing in front of them as it's fading out. And I'm like, what? What the fuck's happening? Oh, so the montage <laughs> ends with 124 days left. Yeah. I also love that, like, William Atherton at this point has disappeared into the air ducts or into the woods or wherever he might be. But, like, Bud and Doyle are still sleeping in the janitor's closet. I'm like, dude, there's an open room with a bed now. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, dude. Well, who knows what that dickless wonder did, though, in his bedroom? <laughs> Nothing worse than they did in a bedroom. Like, they've already done the worst things. Um Oh yeah, <laughs> the reveal too, where they're like, "Oh my god, he must still be living in, in the in the biodome," because they go back into one of the areas and it's trashed, and on the floor, Atherton has painted "I still dream," mm -hmm. <laughs> and I do like that he has an argument with a parrot over who is God. I like that we get Philomar in little cameo. Yes, Philomar. Oh, oh, we didn't say, okay, we didn't talk about the pickup line that I think is one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard. And that's coming. And again, that is coming from me. Uh, but as a, earlier in the movie, uh, Doyle, or no, I think it's, but it doesn't matter. One of them looks at one of the, the women and uh, asks her if her yogurt has the fruit on the bottom or needs to be stirred. Because then she calls back to it here. And this is that scene we were talking about that, like, anybody with, like, any semblance of human decency, basic human decency, would end the scene, smash cut to the two of them, like, lying, like, lying in there on their cots, like, just, like, making out with the air. air. Yeah. 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 But yeah. instead, these two women, like, just start making out with them. It is upsetting. Yeah, and then, and then like, uh, we're about to be done. I guess we should fuck. I'm like, what is happening? And then suddenly, these two psychopaths have principles, and they're like, oh, well, well, Bud has principles. He's like, no, I have a girlfriend. And then don't be Doyle's just going for it. 
Well, Doyle's so horny that he can't see past it. Like, cause like even when Bud pulls the lady off of him, he's still making out with the air. Like he's licking the air again. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, um, but yeah, it it is such a big ask for us to go, huh? These two idiots at the beginning of this movie tried and technically succeeded in sexually assaulting these two women. And now they're making out with it. Like, do they have Stockholm syndrome? Is that what's happened at this point? Oh, that's why they cast Patty Hearst. It's thematic. See, uh, yeah, that's it's the Stockholm syndrome of it all. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, do we mention that William Athens making egg bombs? That's what we see him doing. Uh, when egg he's... bombs. And then he comes yeah. back with coconut bombs. And well, yeah. and, and during that, though, I do like that. He has that argument with the parrot over who is God. And then he eats the parrot and then turns the parrot into a headpiece. A head it is weirdly timed, though. It's a good joke. But yeah. it's, there's like a weirdly long cutaway. It should be a little. I don't know. It should be a little tighter. I agree. I agree. Then, yeah, so that we've just like, and at this point, I my notes just like devolved into me just going like, why is the, how is this movie still happening? Why is this still happening? Just blow it up already. I hate all of this. Well, and my God, just end. Um, yeah, so they, they run into William Atherton. He's putting all the coconut bombs around the building. He gets to him them to help him. Yeah, he's placed very few, but they they he tricks them into he's like, boy, sure it's fun painting this fence. And they're like, that sounds good, Tom. <laughs> I love the moment too when like uh Doyle or yeah, Doyle's juggling the coconut bombs and, and Atherton's having like this conversation to himself, like facing away, turns around, is like, ah, like like almost not like realizing they almost died. They almost died in that instant. Because, because he forgot like, the most important lesson, which is you don't let these two out of your eyesight for for any amount of time yeah and there's this to me it's funny and, and it, it, this is the kind of line that works in a movie like this at this point when they when atherton slips away from them and they're walking through and doyle looks at bud and goes we bring out the best in people i'm like that's a great line again with a different person behind it that's because <laughs> it's big chris energy so you just like that because you're like oh that's 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 you bumbling through life like, I I, I make everyone better. I'm Chris. And it's like, I don't <laughs> need a bunch of dumbasses in this movie who's not doing that. <laughs> it's true. You're right. Um, and so now uh, it's yeah. finally the last day. Lie trap, William Atherton. I will say there is there's one great crowd detail that like in a better movie, they would have done more of this stuff to show the passage of time. Do either of you notice that Rose McGowan is pregnant in the final day? I did not notice. Yeah, that. if you look out, she has a giant, and I believe the implication is that she uh, has hooked up with the the guy who was the doorman for the party. I forget what uh, his name was. He worked at the copy store. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Roach. 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 Yeah, 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 Roach. Uh, they're staying next to each other in a way that I'm guessing it implies that like Roach is the father. But yeah, she is. She is like nine months pregnant, standing there with a very large stomach. I'm like, I'm like that's kind of fun. That's what a fun of, little background yeah. detail. There's so William Atherton. They real they realize that he, that these coconuts are bombs. There's a chase. They get stuck to fly paper. And it just, it just it's just a series of things keep happening until finally it should have ended at the flypaper, right? It, it should have ended ninety minutes ago. Right, agreed. But he should have got stuck to the flypaper, and then everybody should have came in. Like there shouldn't have been an actual explosion in this movie. It's the fact that there is. It, it's so stupid. It is so stupid that there's an actual explosion in this movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are two, if I remember. Yes, you're right. There were all the ones in the desert. Oh, I guess that that's them discovering that they're bombs. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, he chucks the one. Yeah, it's it's pretty dumb. Um, uh, and they all survive unscathed. So it also had no impact on anything. 
Oh, and the end of this movie, too, when we see Atherton during the credits, like running through the desert, but we hear in the background one of the police that's looking for him just being like, ah, he must have got out in the back door. Like, like we're not smart enough to put those two things together ourselves. Like, the, I mean, the, if, if you're that? still like voluntarily sitting here at, at the at the credits of Biodome, this movie just kind of assumes that you have any reasonable person would have walked out at but like right around the time of the sexual assault, if not before that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I will tell you first off and foremost, trash, 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 trash. fucking trash. As uh, a kid, I love this movie. I don't I, know why. I, I'm sorry. I want to say I want to question at least one more baffling decision we have. So like they're driving away with the girlfriends at the end and he's like, oh, no, I need to pee again. <laughs> he's like, well, just turn in here. And they tr- they turned like this, I guess, as a nuclear power plant or like a coal burning plant or something. It's the opposite of biodome. Yeah, but they do it in a way like, uh oh, here we go again. But like, that's not a place you get locked into. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I understand it's bad for these two characters to be if it's a nuclear power plant. Like they shouldn't be around that. But like, it make more sense. If it was like, oh, Sea Lab ahead, and they were like, oh no, like an aqua dome. They're gonna like lock people in sea for a year. Like that would make sense. Uh, it, yeah. Just one more baffling decision on top of the other baffling decisions of this film. Uh, Did you know wait, that there was almost a sequel to this? That makes sense. I mean, no, it doesn't make sense. This made like no money, didn't it? it yeah. Wasn't it a huge yeah. failure? Yeah, it was a huge failure. But there was there was uh, talks a few years ago, and and a, a Kickstarter was up for one where they would send Bud and Doyle into space and actually make them do a real biodome. Oh man, what's um? I feel like. Was it us discussing or was it me listening to another podcast that also happened to mention Pauly Shore recently where he did this interview not too long ago, I think on Joe Rogan, where he was like, I don't know, man, they stopped letting me make movies. No one ever explained it to me. And they're like, really? No one ever said anything? It's like, yeah, I know. I was making them and just every movie made less money and less money and less money. And then they just stopped letting me make them. And he like couldn't connect the dots that like <laughs> that's why they stopped letting him make movies is because they stopped making money. So they didn't make money. Nobody he, explained to you that even though you started the prank genre, like you did it the worst way. He kept it. Yeah, but he kept being like, yeah, I don't know. No one ever explained it. It doesn't make sense. I'm like, wait, no. Like after he said the thing where it stopped making money. But <laughs> it's it's clear that I think uh, a goofy movie is probably the height of his cinematic contribution to society. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I still this. I hope this is just like a uh, a bump in the road. Because, like, I want to watch Son-in-Law. I want to watch In the Army now. Like, I want to go back and go through the Pauly Shore universe. Because, like, I have genuinely fun memories with Pauly Shore movies. And I just hope they don't all suck so bad. Oh, I'm... I'm. Here's the thing. Oh, man, is I'm guessing so, some of the other ones would be better. Because I'm guessing, like, like Son-in-Law and In the Army now, like, will have more of a functioning plot. And also, most of those only have one moron. This one, his primary scene partner is someone doing an impression of him. And... The dialogue, they seem to be no attempt to write any dialogue for them, but like at least the other ones have a rough story. Like, oh, we get it. This guy comes to this play. Like, they all have more of a set structure. So I'm I'm guessing they're not good, but they're probably better than this. And well, Cino Man certainly is. And, and Pauly Shore usually isn't the lead in those. He's usually just like the bumbling side character that is your your foible to your lead, you know, like just there, but also just important enough to be on the poster yeah because it doesn't make sense like with him as the lead you get the moment where he has to make the big speech like no let's stay in the biodome and fix your experiment let's make up for our mistakes uh, it, there's there's no truth to it i i'm there's not inspirational at all it, it's awful i hate it it's trash he's trash trash 
uh, I gotta say, um, that was not really the, the received message on Amazon this week. Uh, 80% five-star reviews on Amazon. None like, of these people have watched this movie. Uh, clearly not. Like, they're watching something else. That's that's what I thought, too. Um, but I, I was introduced to somebody this week for our Trash to Treasures. goes by the name of Chester. Chester says the movie is funny. And the review is, you have to understand and like this sense of humor to actually enjoy this movie. I loved it. Five stars. Which is like the majority of what the five-star reviews are. It's like, you just don't get it. No, no, no. The thing is, the problem is, I do get it. (laughs) I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, But I will tell you, uh, out of like a rare turn for us, this week is not a follow-up five-star review. This week is a follow-up one star review and it's for an off-brand uh robot vacuum cleaner oh god damn it nope god damn it (laughs) Uh, why is so much dick going in a robot vacuum chris why no dicks are going in anything this week no robots are going in anything this week okay 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 Okay. um but yeah the uh the title somehow worse (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the title at least there we know where we stand right yeah. this the is the unknown of, here we go the title of the review is uh go with the brand name and this is a one star review okay so we're jumping into this be careful when you decide to buy the cheap knockoff version of this Roomba Roombas have a sensitivity to them so when you step in front of them or on them or they hit a wall they automatically stop and turn around Well, this one tripped my grandmother at the top of the stairs, and she fell down and broke her hip. So be careful, or just buy the real thing. One star. So an off-brand Grandma got knocked over by a Roomba. (laughs) Yeah. Standing at the top of the top stairs. Oh, God. First off, I hope this woman is okay. That's terrible. That is terrible. Um, I I honestly feel like I can't imagine the situation where a Roomba has technology that this one doesn't that would have stopped the this woman from falling, though. Like, if she stepped on... Because he said, like, if you step on it, it turns away. I'm like, if you've stepped on the Roomba, yeah. the disaster's already imminent. Like, there's no there's no removing the situation then. Yeah, it's it's already over for you. Like, I, I, I almost, like... I like the idea of, like, maybe, like, a short web version of this, but where the Roomba has, like, malicious intent and just keeps, like, oh, falling. Here's your problem. You've got this Roomba set to evil. <laughs> oh god oh man all right that could have been worse that could have been, i mean i feel very bad that woman got hurt but i'm i'm kind of relieved that no one put the robot inside themselves or themselves inside the robot so that's it a little is, bit of a surprise for me it is our for it is the forte of this section for that to happen so. speaking oh. of surprises it's time for the the movie game for the patron pick oh, that's right and we're and then uh i mean we never pre-record them but this one's definitely not but brian yeah. quick drop in the sound that we have of a hundred thousand of our fans all chanting movie game because, you know, it's it's sweeping the nation. <laughs> this patron pick is going to be our final episode of 2022. So Ooh, what a weird hopefully year we're been. going out strong. Yeah. What a weird year. It's hopefully been. we it's are not, going out our... stronger than Biodome. Well, yeah. If we aren't, it's not on us. So, you know, it's on that thing. But also, I got to say, if I had to put if I had to put like going out on a high to Chris's hands or a pay, or fans hands, I would definitely pick our fans. Yeah, well, of course you would. Chris, Chris has I, a history I, of mistakes. I would pick our fans over my choices. Like, I need somebody in my life to just say, this is what you're doing from That's now. That's Merritt's job. Exactly. 
But it's not March yet. Merritt's let us down. No, she could. I'm sorry. She's known. <laughs> She's known. She's Merritt's just... let us all down. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. All right, Brian. What year have the fans take are taking us to? Uh, so this movie is. We're jumping ahead one year to the year 1997. Okay. It is rated R. Okay. It runs one hour and 41 minutes, okay. and its genres are horror mystery. Oh god, Ashley's gonna be so mad. We got a horror pick. Yeah. Uh, is it is it Halloween based? No. Okay. Is it uh New Year's based? No. Uh Mother's is Day. It, is it more is it more horror or mystery? Um, I would say it's definitely you'd probably you would think of it as a horror movie first. Oh wait, because it's because it's all holidays. Um are we allowed to ask which holiday we're celebrating? That's what I've been doing. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, it's just not New Year's. It's not. Uh, is it Easter? Nope. Fourth of July. Correct. Fourth of July. Okay. Oh no! 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 What are we doing, Chris? Oh, I know what you did last summer. Ding! 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 Fuck! Uh, I think Josh, you might be okay with this. Ah, uh, it's a terrible movie. Uh, well, let, let me let me let me bring up the poll now to see what, what which bullets we dodged. What is the thing that Sarah Michelle Geller yells while spinning around? Oh. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> well, there's, so there's a great story it's associated with. I think it's something like, oh, where are you? We can see or something like that. But anyway, so it was they there was a contest that like Coke or Pepsi or something did. And they they brought in like a young brand new director who won the thing. Like and it's like you get to direct a scene and I know what you did last summer. And really, he's like, great. And he's like, so they're doing it. And Sarah Michelle Gellar says this on the DVD extras or whatever. And she's like, so we're doing the scene. And this kid who's not a director or whatever goes, wouldn't it be great if like, as we're like pulling out, you just kind of like we're yelling and like screaming about like all that stuff happening. And like, you're kind of losing your mind or whatever. And she's like, yeah, we could do that for you. Cause it's, you won the contest or whatever. That's never going to make it into this wild and insane movie. So she goes way over the top for this kid. And it's the cut they fucking used. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great. So the bullets that we dodged for now, uh, that were that were on the poll were the luck of the Irish. Oh, that would have been fun. V for Vendetta. Oh, Rise of the Guardians, which the like Owls of Cahul. No, the <laughs> other one where oh, the, it would have okay, been in part yeah. partially a Christmas movie of sorts. Santa Claus, Jack Frost. But it's all yeah. There's oh, all yeah. these other holidays as well, um, and the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, I've got Life I've Day. Got a, I've got a tight 15 on grandpa watching virtual reality pornography in that whole movie. Chris, if it's just 15 minutes of you recommending better virtual reality porn, we don't want to hear it. (laughs) So this mom, she's stuck in the washing machine. (laughs) You won't last 40 seconds on life day. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Get a card this week. You didn't. To be fair, I was I was out for a little bit, so you might have gotten you probably did. second out. I, I dropped the call. I, I was fully hoping that like Brandon would log on the call, and the first thing he would do is just pull hold up a yellow card. To be fair, I'm fairly <laughs> certain one the first time I reconnected, the first word I heard was "dick," and Chris was saying it. But oh, it like, definitely was. It definitely they didn't talk about dicks a lot in this movie, so I, I it's, it might be fair. What I'm God, there was so much that I wanted to talk about, but I'm like, there's there, we can't. Is there? 
You can't, like, like you can't be like, why tribal dance? Why, why was that? A th- it was what, mini what? tribal dance, Chris. It was mini. mini. Tribal dance. Oh yes, yes. Like, oh god. I yeah. We're out uh, of this. Movie. It's all that matters. <laughs> all right. Th- thank you, patrons. Looking forward to your pick, Brian. If they're not, if our patrons are not tired of listening to us and want to recommend us to all their friends, where can they find us? Well, patron or no, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trashwatch, uh, on Instagram and TikTok at Trashwatch Podcast, uh, and on Twitter at TrashWatchCast, and of course our Patreon at patreon.com slash trashwatch. And we will have we having more theme months and whatnot coming up uh, in, in this coming year, and we'll be looking to be adding more goals and tiers and stuff, hopefully. Yeah, unfortunately, Brian, by listing our social media pages, we've now been banned from Twitter for saying that. So I'll have been fucking for Fend. Uh, <laughs> we never we never paid the eight dollars to get verified. I we didn't like we know. We're, months, we're know? not that sad. We're pretty sad. But we're not. We're, that's the thing. It would be wasting our patrons money. I refuse to do that. I refuse to waste our patrons money. <laughs> I respect them too much for that. Yeah. Uh, but those are the places that you can go to find that information. So please, if you if you. If you would like us to have a Twitter blue subscription, please donate eight dollars. No, don't. I don't want to. Don't don't make <laughs> yeah. us send money to that company. Don't waste your eight dollars on Elon. Give us, give us the eight dollars, and we'll definitely, certainly yeah. spend it on anything other than Twitter. Blue. If you send us eight dollars once, we'll take it in turns once a month. We'll get a submarine sandwich, and we'll eat it on the record. <laughs> That's what people like, right? <laughs> Wet mouth noises. That's right. Well, until next week, if we survive the blizzard and make it there. We'll see you for I Know What You Did Last Summer. I've been Chris. I'm Brian. And I'm Brandon. And Ashley uh, is... Ashley dodged the fucking bullet because she's a champion and we're the dumbass fart asses. Yeah, she's doing her hard work. Uh, She actually got locked in a biodome at the start of the episode, (laughs) so she was supposed to record and then... Real tragic. But that song Da 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 started playing, so she's just like vibing. Mm Mm-hmm. Where is the stop record button? Where is the stop record button?